Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 79 for the week of March 2nd, 2020. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about Songageddon 2020. Mike, to quote the German 2019 entry by Sisters, Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Oh, so very tired. Man, this is such a crazy week. Like, I've lost count of how many things have dropped in, like, what is it, the last five days? Yeah. Six days, something like that? Somewhere in there. That sounds about right. Yeah, we should probably just like dive right in because there's a lot to talk about, there's, and we there's don't a want lot, this to yeah. be like a three-hour episode. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's let's just let's just go fast and loose and cover all of the things that happened because so much happened, so many all of the things. Anyway, uh, the first one that dropped. Well, we'll, we'll go kind of day by day because uh, yeah, like the craziness started on Thursday and just kept rolling downhill and getting faster. <laughs> so. Uh, the first entry to come through, which actually kind of leaked on Wednesday, but uh, officially was announced on Thursday, uh, was the United Kingdom's entry, My Last Breath by James Newman. If we were deep sea divers, and no one came to find us, if you had nothing left, I'd give you my So as you may recall, over the summer, uh, we did our like Big Five gut rehab project where we just kind of talked about how each of the Big Five countries could try to fix some things and uh, maybe have a better shot uh, on the scoreboard. Not so much Italy because they've been doing fine, but uh, the, the other four countries could use a little bit of a boost. And uh, when we talked about the UK, uh, we had uh, Helen Hrutois, uh, who is uh, living in London right now, uh, on the show to kind of offer... A more local perspective on mm-hmm. like how your vision's perceived, <laughs> and, and also like lovingly yell at, at the UK for like half an hour. Yeah, yeah, and she uh, sent in this piece uh, with her thoughts on the UK's entry. Hi guys, it's Helen, and I just wanted to follow up on the UK entry after our discussion last summer. So, as we all now know, the UK is sending James Newman with his debut solo single, "My Last Breath." I think that this is a great introduction to him as an artist. It's very driving and anthemic, and I think it's differentiated itself from some of the other sad boy ballads we've gotten this season. I think that there is a palpable amount of care that has been put into the song, and it definitely shows. The songwriters are James, who has himself written hits for his brother John, as well as acts like Rudimental and Little Mix. The songwriting team also consists of Ed Druitt, Adam Argyle, and Ian James, who between them have written tracks for countless major acts, including One Direction and Ed Sheeran, and this track wouldn't be out of place on 1B's later albums, in my opinion. And Ian co-wrote Azerbaijan's winning entry in 2011, so we do have some Eurovision pedigree here. Do I think that this song has a chance of winning the contest entirely? Not really. I think Lithuania is still my personal frontrunner at the moment, but I do think that there is some great staging potential with this song, and I could see it coming left-hand side of the scoreboard if we hit the right beats. I think BMG will be able to back this song like a record label should, but I am concerned about the BBC's role in this, as the launch itself was quite underwhelming. It did premiere on BBC Radio 1's Breakfast Show and on Ken Bruce's show on Radio 2, which ordinarily would be a huge deal and a huge honor, 
but the Radio 1 coverage was very middling with casual watchers of the contest giving their immediate and, in my opinion, uninformed reaction on the air. This is not helped by a live launch in a tiny conference room with bad acoustics later on in the day. The British press has also been very, very brutal and vitriolic, and unfairly in my opinion, and the press also has a very outdated and in some ways pretty offensive idea of what the contest is, and the BBC has not stepped up to James's defense almost at all here. Even if the powers that be don't like the song, they should still be promoting it outside of the fandom on things like the BBC's Live Lounge on Radio 1 or the Graham Norton show. I think those are huge platforms and not at all out of place with a song that should be doing well, not only in the contest, but on the charts in the UK. And they should be backing it all the way. I mean, look at what France has been doing this year. Do I wish that we could have had a girl group banger or something out of the UK's grime scene? Yes. Do I think that this particular song is bad? No, this does fit right in with the other songs that surrounded it on The Breakfast Show, and I would also compare it to the material of someone like Niall Horan or Louis Capaldi. So while I don't think that the song is perfect, I do think that it is a step in the right direction. I think BMG and James have been doing their best. I think he has a good stage presence and is genuinely excited to represent his country, and I do recommend listening to his interview with Ken Bruce. But the public opinion of the contest is unfortunately shaped by what they hear from the media in the UK. And if the BBC wants this opinion to change at all, they are really going to have to step up and do their part as the participating broadcaster. How do you expect the rest of Europe to get behind this song if it appears that you won't? All that said, I am very excited to support James and his entry, and I wish the best of luck to him in Rotterdam. And even if he doesn't win, and the chances are unlikely there, I do hope that he will be able to help change the conversation about the UK in the contest. Thanks for having me back, guys, and I look forward to discussing the contest further with you in the future. Bye! I think Helen hit a lot of the points that I wanted to hit. Oh yeah, definitely. Just like hit all of my talking points as well. I think that with this new UK BMG partnership, I think this is this is a good first step. Do I think it's going to win? No. Do I think? But again, do I think it's like a step in the right direction? Yes. I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I'm trying to avoid doing the whole bright siding thing that the UK mm-hmm. does every year. Oh, yeah. Every one <laughs> of like, their entries. Somehow I get sucked in every year being like, this is the year they've figured it out. They're taking it seriously again. And then they release the song. I'm like, oh no. What I'm most concerned about is the staging for this because I could see them doing the exact same staging that they've done every year since 2016. And it's just my advice to the UK right now, no golden curtains, do not put a deposit down on them. No sparkly showers. None of that. Like, get out of that headspace with the staging. Do something new. I just want to get a. I just want like get a spray bottle and like find out whoever whoever's staging this and just like the second that they start clicking on on like a website for pyrotechnics, just like spritzing mm-hmm. them in the face. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Get off the pyrotechnic drapes. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah. Well, no, and like I don't want to like go down the. They figured it out. They're taking it seriously this year because. Just from what Helen said, it feels like there's still kind of business as usual usual at the BBC. Mm -hmm. The fact that they partnered with BMG feels like a good step. And if you think about the Dutch about a decade ago, uh, they were sending sending Shia Lee. And that was a real real dark point. Uh, And they switched it around. And Birds by Anouk did, did well, but certainly didn't win. 
And like year by year, they kept finding a, a talent pool with internal selection and it, they turned it around their hosting this year. Do I think that we're going to see the same thing from the UK? Probably not. Yeah. And like one thing I like about this is that the song is just over two and a half minutes. They didn't feel like they needed to tack on like an extra big chorus or like another key change. Right, right. Gospel choir in the background or anything like that. One thing I've liked seeing in the in the reactions to this has been a, a nice level of critical thinking about what it means to be the UK at Eurovision, like the independent, mm. like a really lovely article about that and like why this is a step in the right direction. And then Ellie Chalkley over at ESC Insight had this really lovely article just sort of going through the various sort of 12 talking points that you're going to hear in the UK right now and why they're not true. Mm. Because we talk about like the big five and the big five contributing a lot of the money. The amount the BBC spends on Eurovision is about half as much as they spend on one episode of Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wow. It is, it is a, to, to quote her, is an astonishingly good value for the money. Wow. We can throw that in the show notes. So along with the UK announcing on Thursday, uh, Germany announced their artist and song, and uh, they announced Ben Dolich uh, with his song Violent Thing. Because if I got you with me Ben is Slovenian by birth. He was a uh, semifinalist on Slovenia's Got Talent and competed in Emma 2016 as part of the group D-Base. Uh, but more recently, he was a runner-up on Germany's version of The Voice in 2018. So that's kind of how he's gotten into Germany's good graces uh, right now with the Eurovision scene. And uh, this song's co-written by Borislav Milanov, who's part of the Symphonics Collective. Uh, he's been working with Bulgaria and a handful of other countries the last few years. So if this style sounds familiar, that is why. Uh, ben, what do you think of this track? Well, A, I just love how many of this year's boys have like a secret boy band past from like a, yes. from, like, a selection. <laughs> and just like every time, like you just watching the the b-roll package although we didn't get one for for ben dolich but just how on every other national selection we've gotten like a quick shot of five years ago the artist mm -hmm. being in a boy band and having yeah. terrible hair yeah <laughs> just like uniform just uniformly terrible hair across the board i like that that germany has sort of regrouped and been like you know what we should send a fun song this year mm -hmm. when i saw the titled violent thing this was not what i was expecting yeah i i don't know what i was expecting but i but certainly wasn't this, expecting like yeah. dance pop yeah. Yeah. So my first listen was uh, on the music video that 15 seconds in, I was just, oh, I hate this. But I think it was like, I hated the music video and not necessarily the song. Like when I listened to the song in isolation, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. this is actually kind of a bop. And mm -hmm. uh, at the official reveal, there was an acoustic performance of the song and Ben's got a good voice and like it was a good live performance. And I, I think the acoustic version works just as well as the studio versions. And yeah, I, th I think the song has some potential. Yeah, I kind of want to see how I feel about it in a few weeks once mm -hmm. we have the full lineup. I was just very pleased that we're getting like another kind of up-tempo fun song because it feels like we've been in just sort of ballad territory lately. Yeah, although my big disappointment is uh, with Germany making this announcement. That means all six of the auto qualifiers this year are boys. Our boys. Yeah, so uh, try harder next year, auto qualifiers. Thanks. And then also on Thursday, Azerbaijan has announced their entry, and they are sending not a boy. 
Uh, they are sending Samira Effendi. She has tried to represent Azerbaijan before, like she was in the mix in 2014. Uh, she's finished third in The Voice of Azerbaijan, and she's participated in various other singing competitions there. Uh, one thing that excites me is that a lot of her music is not in English. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, we have no clue when they're going to drop the song. Probably soon. Uh, better be soon. Uh, better be soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> things are due next Monday. Yeah, yeah. clock is ticking. But uh, yeah, th- I mean, there are a couple of her tracks uh, on Spotify. And one of the songs kind of reminds me of Armenia's entry from like about 10 years ago, which that seemed weird. But yeah, like o- overall, I'm, I'm excited to hear what Azerbaijan's doing. Like they know how to play the Eurovision game. So <laughs> that was all just Thursday. Moving on to Friday, Belarus had their national final. It was a pretty straightforward show, uh, 12 songs uh, competing, jury and televote, all of that. The winner of that was Val with the song Davidna. So the thing about this particular song, Belarus's broadcaster is a commercial bo- broadcaster, so like they they would have ads running during the national final, and one of the ads I don't recall what it was advertising, but it was using Davidna like as the song in the ad, so it was kind of like Bloomberg ads playing during the Democratic debates. <laughs> it was really weird from like a fairness standpoint, but. It's fine. The The song that I really wanted to talk about was uh, Chakra's La Le La. So I knew going into the final that the song was written in honor of the cat of the song's composer uh, who like died uh, unexpectedly. And I, I did not hear the song ahead of the performance, so I didn't know really what to expect about that. Uh, we will have a link to the video in the show notes because... I have been following Eurovision since 2010, and I cannot think of a performance that was as bonkers as this one was. (laughs) Ben, did you get a chance to see the video? I did, and like you put it in the show notes and just said that it was a song written in honor of the composer's cat, and as someone who did not get to watch Belarus on Friday, was just like, well, this is probably going to be very cat-heavy theming, and then Wash was like, this is not that at all. And there's so much going on, and there's, like, a person that's kind of dressed like a cat, like, mm-hmm. maybe from, like, the Belarus company of the production of Cats. But yes, it was also just not what I expected for a song written in honor of a cat. It reminded me of one of the origin stories in uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, where, like, the three goddesses are coming together, and there's, like, fire and ice, and, like, everything explodes. Like, it was just so avatar the last airbender like it was just yep, yep. So... these are these are all very good references for what, yeah, what like, i saw yeah and i mean it, it's and like the song didn't have like lyric i mean there were words to it but it's just kind of more intoning rather than like an actual lyrical story being told yep it was fascinating and i'm kind of sad that belarus didn't go with this like i think I, like i said like David Nas. It's, it's an okay song. I think it's it'll an do... okay song. It kind of yeah. reminds, like, at least the staging kind of reminds me of bits and pieces of Slovenia's entry last year, just because there's one person who has a keyboard on stage with the other person singing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was just a visual 
I like I don't want to call it a masterpiece because it was just, just so WTF, but <laughs> we're probably not going to be able to do a once that got away episode this season, but this would definitely be on that <laughs> this would be your selection for that. Yeah, like w- when we do for the decade in 2030 or whatever, this would probably still be on that list. Like this is okay. just, just yeah, truly like, a sight to see. Absolutely. That was a, I know, kind of an intense way to go into what was going to be a very intense weekend. So. Yes, yes. Like, uh, how did you prepare for Saturday, Mike? Because my, my response to, well, I'm going to be sitting down and watching at least seven hours of Eurovision content was to just go buy charcuterie. Mm-hmm. For for myself and the people who are going to be watching with me, just to be, just to make my home a welcoming space for like, mm-hmm. hello, yes, we are going to be watching things in multiple languages. I know none of them. Just just trust me on this. Yeah, my snack game was not as on point as yours was, and that that was a major failing on my part. I I was not prepared. Uh- <laughs> but speaking of snacks, I never imagined the power. I never imagined the need. I never imagined what love is. Now love is all I dream. How wonderful was the awakening. Now everything is a surprise. Painted in South in the pre-day. it was was named Estonia's sexiest man in 2010. I, I don't see it. I I don't know like how that would be the case. Um, well, you know how People magazine sometimes like sometimes you're like, yes, this makes a lot of sense, and sometimes you're like, well, someone's publicist deserves a, a, a raise. That could be one of those things. I was on his Instagram like pretty much the rest of Saturday, just like just putting marriage proposals in the comments. So uh, <laughs> he, he is quite <laughs> quite a handsome bloke, but <laughs> yeah. Amongst his bona fides, uh, he did the new wave, the the one music contest that we really should pay more attention to, since more and more mm-hmm. Eurovision people come out of it in 2010. Uh, he finished third there. Uh, he was a semi-finalist on Russia's version of The Voice in 2018. He was the runner-up in last year's SD Lau, and I believe he was one of my picks for ones that got away last year. Mm-hmm. What was kind of a, a weird American connection is that the jury for Estonia's uh, selection this year included a guy from Berkeley, uh, right in my backyard, uh, where Uku studied in the mid-2000s. I preferred last year's song uh, that Uku had uh, to this one. Uh, yes. Yeah, like well, this and also just like watching the staging for it after the fact because I ended I ended up switching over to a couple different things before Estonia finished its process that was mm. kind of long was just like watching it for the first time and just immediately have it, having my brain produce the drill tweet where it's like candles thirty five hundred dollars someone please tell me how to budget my family is dying <laughs> <laughs> because there were so many candles on stage oh so just, many Ugh. just just candles and like every time that the camera switched positions there was like a new over-the-top element because first it was just like hello here's a thousand candles and now suddenly the stage is full of fog and now in the background just big large gl- light up letters reading love mm-hmm. they were going all out i mean the dream team is behind uh this entry uh Kirk which probably Rav. shouldn't come as a surprise yeah so <laughs> just a just a fun little thread running through today's episode, just me shaking my fist at Philip Kirkorov. I think the thing that bugs me most about this is when the songs dropped like December 1st for Estonia, like that's how long this process has been going on. The video for this song was first on the playlist. So this has been like the longest process <laughs> imaginable. It's like, Estonia, please no. me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and especially because like Uku had the televote locked up 
like so completely like he had before they went into the super final because estonia has estonia's voting system is really kind of weird with this allow but he had like a ten thousand vote lead going into the super final and then once the super final was done he had like four times the televotes as the next song so it's like okay why did this take so long? It's just like maybe next year just do internal. I don't know. Yeah, Estonia, so. if you ju- if you wanted to send Ukusaviste, you could have just sent Ukusaviste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, s- send him and Marcus Riva, and then <laughs> I know Marcus Riva's Latvian, but like, like, you know it's the same thing. So <laughs> I just like that. Just like one year, the EBU comes together and says, "Okay, we're going to look through our records and find the person who has applied the most, and this year is their year." Or make a boy band. Oh no. Ooh. Oh no! Just like uh, it's a fun <laughs> interval act. Yeah, <laughs> the also rants. It could be like Danny they, they Saucedo. They do not get to perform in competition, but they do get to perform as a supergroup all at once. Yes. <laughs> do they have to be singing the same song at the same time? No, they can be all do. They can all do their song now. Yeah, as long as one of them just has awful, awful hair. Mm-hmm. Along with Estonia, there was Moldova, and yeah, I. I was not able to get a stream to work. Uh, it was a process on Saturday because I went to the official Moldovan broadcaster and was just watching the the little circle redraw mm-hmm. itself and redraw yeah. itself and be like, well, this is going to work at some point, won't it? Uh, and then you sent me a link to a Facebook and I went to Facebook and it was like watching a series of animated GIFs mm-hmm. uh, because it was just real bad. And then finally, I think I ended up on... A Twitch stream. Oh, jeez! And that was giving me half decent coverage. So watch like a handful of entries from there, and then it was time to switch over to something else. The ones I watched, I was just like, "Is everything okay in Moldova?" Because they have twenty things in here, and they could have cut that field down by half. And that was the one that I think started with like thirty-nine or so songs auditioning, and then they're just like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna cut the field down to 20 It's like you could. You could be more thorough in your cutting. Yeah, but... you, yeah. Well, and I came <sighs> in on an on on like a performance where I was not sure if it was like a tourism thing or an actual entrant. Mm. And it turned out was it was just like a tourism thing or just like an interval act. Okay, but because it was, has it been three minutes or because it it's either been like only thirty seconds or it's been forever. Yeah, yeah. With some of those songs, it's very difficult to it's tell. It's very difficult. <laughs> bend space and time. It was like a flavor of Eurovision I have been missing. Mm-hmm. Of like, did I like any of the things that I watched while I was watching Moldova? No. Was I having a great time because so much was happening? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there was always something to look at. Uh, even Oftentimes if it was just, like, too many things. Right, exactly. The person who did end up winning uh, Moldova's selection was uh, Natalia Gordienko with the song Prison. Kirkarov. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's another one, but we uh, could have had fun wedding Moldova, mm-hmm. and instead we get sad ballad Moldova for a second year in a row. Yeah, and calling it prison is um, maybe not the best marketing, uh, like, especially because like, I, I felt tortured. Yeah, well, because also <laughs> like I just kept on picturing Sergei Lazarev singing "Scream" last year, and he's like in his glass case of emotion or something. It's like, yeah. oh, just play the audio of "Prison" over that, and it would probably be the exact same effect. But and also the the when I did finally get around to watching the thing that won because I apparently watched 
four things downstream from that and mm-hmm. came nowhere close to watching that just because, again, the stream was very bad. Yeah. And I think she was like very early in the lineup. too. Yeah, she was number two in the lineup, which. OK. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the curse is broken because Kirkorov. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyways, I just remember seeing the six light up chairs and be like, are we going to get like cell block tango? Because that would be fun. <laughs> oh, I would love to see Moldova's interpretation of that. Uh, I would absolutely. <laughs> Natalia, just a little bit of her background. Uh, she was part of a group that represented Moldova in 2006, uh, which I believe was would have been their second or third entry in the contest. Uh, and they finished uh, 20th out of 24 in the grand final. So uh, she does have experience qualifying and uh, competing at, uh, at the Eurovision stage. And she's another one who came out of the New Wave contest. She won the 2007 New Wave. So uh, yeah, she's got some chops. I'm curious to see how this song shapes up over the next couple of months. I'm, yes. it's, it's, it's not my favorite, and it's definitely of the rending of garments side of the Dream Team that Eh, but <laughs> <laughs> i i second that notion of just like oh this this is fine yeah speaking of fine i don't know <laughs> speaking of fine, yeah. uh, no, so croatia uh, a fun story about croatia is that i had to sign up to watch the to watch their player mm. uh, and my email hopefully was like we notice that this email is in croatian emails that go to your account are not normally in croatian we think this is spam yeah <laughs> it's like no no i did in fact uh give croatia my email address so i could watch their national broadcaster yeah uh and i tuned in and i didn't dislike that dora had not released anything beforehand because it was like a fun surprise mm-hmm. and like there was like a nice cognitive dissonance between the the b-roll footage of the contestants which had like three or four different setups in the studio where it's like okay we're gonna we're going to put you against a background and then wheel a dolly backwards. And then we're going to stick you on the dolly and wheel you back. You know, just like ha- look like you're having fun. And then all of the songs I listened to are very serious. Okay. So just sort of a weird disconnect there. Um, mm. It was nice to see that Roko is still very into angels. Okay. Because like there was a lot of like intro stuff. Like I had to switch over to I to Iceland at 245. So I only got like a couple of Croatian entries before I had to duck out. But also okay. just got like a lot of intro and just got like the full uh, reprise experience of here is our song from last year. Okay. Yeah. How, how was that performance? I wasn't able to watch any of Croatia. Um, it was. No, it was a good one. Like I still really okay. like that song and I liked what they did with it in the end. And it was kind of sad that it didn't go through. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, he's a good singer. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we see Roko again. Yeah, he's a good in, singer. I would not mind him coming back. What did win is Damir Kejo's Divi Vietra. Some fun facts here. He tried out for Dora 2011, which was the last time the contest was held until they brought it back last year. Hmm. In a very popular trend of this episode, he also he won the new wave in 2015. Huh. And then he is also the winner of a show called Your Face Sounds Familiar, which is the number one show in Croatia, similar to how The Masked Singer is the number one show here. Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it, is, it is. So Your Face Sounds Familiar is a popular format in lots of other countries. They tried it here as Sing Your Face Off, and it did not do well here. 
It turns out that when we want famous people to sing at us, we do not want to see their faces. Yeah, I've got nothing. Uh (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Sometimes it's just the right timing for a format. Like, I was just reading an article for the weekend about uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm. And apparently those got, because there's, like, no real technology behind them, they got pitched in, like, the, the 60s, and people said no. They got pitched again in the 70s, and everyone was like, this is brilliant. You're a genius. Huh. And it's just like, you know what? Sometimes it just has to be the right cultural place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Divier Vietra. I like the song in the sense of, like, this feels very Croatia. Uh, that, that is my main note as well. That this feels like this is what Croatia tends to send. Yeah. Like, um, my, my husband, like, after after listening to the song, he's like, oh, it's just another case. Because uh, he had opinions about last year's entry. And he's like, oh, it's another case of a really good singer with a really bad song. And, and I was listening to it. And it's like. I don't think it's a bad song so much as I think it is a very formal song, but this year's contest is a very informal contest. Like, yes. I, I, I think of like how 2017 uh, in Kiev, like that was a very formal contest. And that's part of the reason why Portugal won was because that was a very formal entry and just like take, taking the song contest aspect very seriously whereas this year we have like half a dozen entries with like their own audience participation choreography like th- you're not going to get that at like an operatic competition mm-hmm. so i think this may just be a case of good song wrong year i don't know like i mean yeah, I, I, would, I haven't I had enough time to sit with it but yeah i would agree with that because fast forwarding ahead to sunday just watching serbia's stuff they brought back molitva as part of their their various intervals mm. and it's like this is still such a good song it's so tied to that year for me whereas i said it last week where it's like i would like something fun to win mm-hmm. like there are years where i'm like yes i want the big dramatic thing to win but this year i would like something fun this is a very nice song but yeah it's not quite there but but yes yeah. <laughs> can, we, yeah. can we please talk about the next thing yes iceland was what everybody was talking about like that seemed to be twitter's main focus on saturday and iceland did not disappoint no um, no that well yeah. they did not yeah there was there were a few technical difficulties along the way but that was a very fun show to watch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like i really like the the main pair of hosts that iceland has had the last couple of years because they they strike the right blend of doing stuff to keep the show moving and be, being willing to just kind of be very goofy and fun. Because, like, they opened with a version of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. And I think they, they opened with something based off of Shallow and A Star is Born last year. So clearly just pulling from the current musical movie. Okay. Sure. Okay, like, this year, Rocketman is sort of on everyone's mind still. I, don't, I have no clue what the what the global release strategy for that one is. Yeah, it's, that uh, seems but, like one that would be bigger in Europe than it was here. Yeah, but it was it was very nice. They started having technical difficulties leading into the the super finals. But before we get there, uh, five performances. The amount of different acts that that Iceland had to choose from this year was really great to see. Like they had, they really had. I as I can't really say that they didn't have any bad ones in the bunch because I strongly disliked one of their one of the songs in the mix oh, but really? there was just like, yeah like uh yeah no my my partner and i were like actively rooting against echo yeah that one is one where like i didn't like it in the icelandic and it's even it was somehow a step down in the in the english mm. but you had dima doing hard rock you had meet me halfway which feels like it was kind of just plucked out of like frozen three you have dothy Freire and company and you have oculus videre which I thought that Oculus Videre really improved their staging. Like that was one that had been like my one reservation about it. But I was like, okay, mm. cool. 
this is definitely a battle between Think About Things and Oculus Videre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the super final votes came back, and it was definitely Think About Things. I'm like, okay, cool. I've nailed it. Let's get to the let's get to the battle. Uh, and then it was Dima. And I have I have my theory about this because Dima was the was the winner of semifinal one, I believe. My thinking is the extremely online contingent of the vote was primarily looking at Eva going into this. And then Dothi Freer happened and we saw how delightful that performance was. Mm. So I think some of I think some of Eva's vote defected to that. I have no proof for any of this, by the way, but I think the people who wanted to vote for Dima are going to vote for Dima. That was the sense that I was getting too, because it seems like they have a very devoted fan following, and this might have just been a case of it was the wrong year to be in the contest. Like if, if they were to come back next year, they they've got a leg up on the competition. Well, yeah, like the num the numbers are finally out, and like in the second semifinal, uh, Eva and Dothi were separated by less than three hundred votes, so Jeez. it was very close for those top two slots. In the final, everybody performs. We have Dothi and Dima. And then there's just like a it, what clearly seems to be like the in-ear monitor not matching the the backing track playing during Dothi's performance. He actually gets stopped. Everybody is clearly off by a beat. They're, they're doing their best. I'm just like, oh, man, I was actively getting worried. I was just like, oh, man, is he going to have a bum performance? And is this going to be it? The thing for me is just like, oh, no, it's the exact same thing that happened to Hatari at the grand final. Because uh, they, they also had, I think it was in the second verse of uh, Hot Tribune Seagra, but where like it was a beat or two ahead of the music and it was like oh no and like they, they were eventually able to get back on track but like they they were really getting thrown off on saturday yeah and i, I was glad that they stopped it and they took a second to make sure that microphones were working properly because it mm-hmm. like after the fact i was looking at ruve and vizier over the weekend and it looks like one of the microphones for oculus videre uh wasn't working for a backing singer Oh no! During that performance, and like Ruve, Ruve was just like, "Yeah, we ap- we've apologized to Eva." That was also super close because uh, Eva versus Dima to the super final. There were two hundred seventeen votes between the jury and Televote that was swung it one way or the other. Mm, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really tight. Uh, that said, uh, I'm super happy that that Dati Frere is the is the enter this year. This seems like I like we talked about it last week. We're like, I really want to see them because. Hatari had like a heck of a glow up between their final performance and what they presented in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what this team does. And there's just something that seems so charming and just normal about everybody in the band. And they're just having the time of their life doing this. Baby, I can't wait to know. What do you think about this? Believe me. I will always be there so. Tell me anything and I'll listen. I might even know what to say. I'm very curious to see how the media presentation happens over the next couple of months, especially because like they're right now it seems their tact is to dispel all of the Netflix conspiracy theories that have been kind of in the background of the Iceland process this yeah. year. Although I do have to say, uh, like af- after Saturday's marathon of Eurovision stuff, my husband was just like, oh, do you want to watch something? And it was just like, uh, <laughs> uh, and no. was, but yeah, it was like, oh, let me see what's on Netflix. And uh, there was uh, Mike Birbiglia's uh, latest comedy special, The New One. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can handle somebody talking to me. I don't know if I can actually look at anything right now. And I did not realize that that, uh, 
like the main story of that was about like the birth of his child and it just seemed very on theme with think about things and uh yeah i mean if this was netflix's end game to get me to watch the latest mike birbiglia special mission accomplished mission so accomplished. <laughs> it's um, a good special I, you should check it out so <laughs> i will give it to again like as soon as the the super final vote was revealed I was like, oh no, they're going to screw it up. Even though I did this exact same thing last year where I'm like, oh no, they're going to pick, they're going to screw this up and not send Hatari. Mm. I, I don't know. Like a loved the Hatari performance. It just felt like a nice capper on just the most insane year for that yes. band. Uh, like this is the one time where I was just very happy to see a children's choir reprise of the winning song from the previous year. Yeah. That was deployed so magnificently. So well. And again, like I was just, on the edge of my seat the entire time just going oh no they're gonna send they're gonna send dima which on one hand i love that ice kind of follows the beat of their own drummer on the other hand it's like this type of hard rock never does well at the grand final yeah yeah and it's just like oh you have to completely recalibrate your like icelandic expectations <laughs> it's like okay yes. like all right let, let, let's let's try to bright side it like, yeah let's, we'll, let's be try okay to yeah let's, this. let's so, ease yeah. into this let's ease into this um but yeah no i'm i'm so excited i I'm kicking myself for not purchasing a sweatshirt beforehand because they're just gone. Mm-hmm. So that finished. And by the time that finished, it's time to watch Sweden and see who got through. Ani Stone Demina won his duel. Felix Sandman won his duel. Paul Ray beat out Malu in their duel. And uh, Mendez and Alvo Estrella won their duel to close things out. They round out our complement of 12. Mike, what are your thoughts on this on this lineup? Who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Oh, well, yeah, it's a lot. There are a lot more boys in it than I was there are, hoping yeah, for. It was so. all boys. Just boys, boys, yeah. boys on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed that Malu didn't uh, advance. But again, like as we had said previously, like it's not her best work. I was but... I was sad she didn't go through. I was delighted to wake up this on Saturday morning and see an Instagram video of her and her dancer from that doing the, the think about things dance. Yes. Yeah. Like she is a big fan of that because uh, I saw a video of her doing that like before Melfest and then like at the Melfest after party. At the, at the, at the, at the <laughs> after party. Yeah. Everybody loves the dance. Yes, uh, but I'm really pulling for Anna Bergendahl on this one, um, which kind of surprises me because, like, I, I try not to, like, I, I don't necessarily want the Eurovision alumni to go when there are other people who, like, haven't had a chance to go yet. But I really like Kingdom Come. I could just see that, like, as a song that you'd be belting at karaoke, that it, it's, like, rocking out in the car. Like, it's just, it's such a solid track. It is a very solid track. It is, it is, has a, a, big place in my playlist this week mm-hmm. for exactly mm-hmm. the reasons you mentioned it's just it's really good and anthemic and like yes she is a former eurovision alumni but she also has like a really good storyline of oh yeah she she's the only swedish person like who didn't go through the to the grand final and, like that performance feels like just like a bit like the grammys always had has like one very nice kind of urban country staging that's pretty good mm-hmm. that just felt like a really good grammy awards country song like borderline like carrie underwood sort of a deal like that i think that's maybe why i'm responding so strongly to it Mm -hmm. okay i would love for it to be on a bergendahl uh i would also accept uh doter's bulletproof like that song has also grown on me in the last few days Mm -hmm. yeah i'm 
I'm okay with that. I I get kind of annoyed with Bulletproof as just like a song analogy. I I blame Titanium. Like I think Titanium has just ruined a number of words uh, for music for uh, like pop music for like the next fifteen years. So well, I like that this version of Bulletproof sort of flips the pre. So the previous version of a song called Bulletproof is Larue's, and I like that that like Larue's oh, yeah. is like this time I'll be bulletproof, and the the whole point of this song is I'm not bulletproof. Mm-hmm. And she's doing the cool lights uh, effect thing. Although Moldova's also using that sort of laser beam turning into like a handheld disco ball, what have you thing. So um, yeah, they, Moldova may be like stealing a little bit of Sweden's thunder there if uh, mm-hmm. Dotter ends up taking this. But One that surprisingly has grown on me uh, talking in my sleep, although I agree with you, Mike, that I could see a female singer doing that well, but like mm-hmm. I also really like his interpretation of it. Yeah. And uh, I'm a little embarrassed. I uh, had been looking up writers of songs in the last week, and he is one of the writers on this song. So maybe he does have a little bit more ownership on it than uh, <laughs> than I uh, mentioned in last week's episode. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's all right. Like, it, it's like, I feel like the middle of this field is very middling. And so yeah. there's not really like... There's my top three, and then like four through nine are all kind of are just there. Yeah, Yeah. like so. I remember really liking the Mamas' move first week, Mm -hmm. and then like by the time we got to it, now I'm just like, this feels really plastic in a bad way. Mm. It's trying to like mash together two different metaphors and two different songs, Mm -hmm. and I think there there are just stronger things in the field. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, I I was doing a listen through today of uh all uh all the tracks in the running order and yeah when robin benson's song uh take a chance came up i was just like oh is this new and it's like oh wait no this was like was it the very first song of the very first heat or uh, no that was the mamas no. but it was also in that heat okay yeah but it was just like it was just so early on and uh, i was like oh is this new and then like listening to it, it's like oh okay it's kind of fine it's a little repetitive and like yeah it, it, it just plasticky does sound kind of mm-hmm. right i don't know uh, like, mahomby's winners was the one that just immediately departed my brain the second it was done oh uh, yeah do not look up the lyrics of this one like it, it it's just baffling like you, you you were talking uh last week the week before about uh poland's entry just being like a series of cliches just barely held together to make a song mm-hmm. uh yeah, w- winners is the winner of that uh, competition. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a- Anna Bergendahl is who I'm pulling for, and she's in slot eleven. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. she's in slot eleven. Uh, Boys with emotions is in slot ten. So those seem to be the favorites by the producers. And I am so worried that that Sweden one's going send to a woman twenty twenty. Yeah, it's just my thing with boys with emotions. I think the studio track is fine. Like, it's not something that I would seek out, but I can understand why other people would really, really like it. I am so underwhelmed by the live performances. Like, I think it's just a song that's not designed to be performed live. Like, it Mm -hmm. just sounds like a mumbled mess. The thing for me is that it sounds like a song that the boy band that pops up from time to time in Bob's Burgers should be singing as a joke. Mm. Like that or, (laughs) yeah, that or like a big mouth. But no, I I think Bob's Burgers is just because that way Louise can like slap the one singer. (laughs) I, I just... I cannot uh, just because it is so devoid of nuance. It is just so I I can't even make words. I can't yeah, it, words. it it would be peak Sweden to send that. And yes. yeah, uh, 
Duh. <laughs> I have so many emotions right now. So. Yes. I am filled with emotions. Yes. Um. So, yeah. And then uh, I guess also with Andre Johnson, they uh, did a Hall of Fame thing. Yes. Yeah. So one thing I did not realize and perhaps was ill-advised in saving Sweden for last was that a large portion of it, like, so there were the performances up front and those all happened. And I was like, well, surely we're just going to get like little pieces of results sprinkled throughout the rest of the show. Why is mm-hmm. there an hour left? And it turns out it's because they've been doing all of these sort of Melfest Hall of Fame things and they had a bunch of performances. I'm sure they were lovely performances. I saw notes about a lot of them on Twitter and I probably should go back because there were some, you know, there was like Alcazar. Uh, there were a lot of sort of historical like people who basically are you still around would you like to perform your song right by that point i was just very tired and i just wanted to know who was going through so i was fast forwarding mm-hmm. a bunch and i was stopping because i saw Lorene. i was like okay cool Lorene's gonna perform euphoria which she kind of did but she also just sort of mashed up euphoria and my heart is refusing me and statements into a new song called fiction feels good okay. and i respect what she's doing as an <laughs> artist but i also would have liked a medley her costume was very cool Okay. Um, but anyways, so stop with, got through that was like, okay, I just need to see who wins. So I can then just like sit in my apartment with low lights and not look at anything for like a couple hours until SNL is on. Good. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was completely screened out uh, I, on, on Saturday. I do not usually get that way. And yet I was. Yeah. Well, I mean, with it, that it's... in mind, <laughs> how was Portugal, Mike? Oh, yeah. Because along with the screens, it's just like, oh, I can sort of understand what's being said, too. So it's just like my, my pigeon Portuguese is like coming through to be like, oh, no, I can actually sort of keep track of what's going on. Uh, the second semifinal was fine. Like you, I was pretty burnt out by that point. Um, So it the music just kind of washed over me uh, rather than me like being fully engaged uh, in the process. But yeah, uh, eight songs performed, uh, four of them advanced uh, as they do. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really solid final on Saturday. Yeah, they released the running order uh, this afternoon and they put uh, Barbara Tinoco on uh, Passe Partout uh, as uh, the last to perform. So it's like, all right, that seems like a thumb on the scale, but in a good way. And uh, Eliza's uh, Medoji Censure is uh, performing seventh uh, out of eight. So yeah, it, it seems like the producers have a pretty good sense of who they want to have battle it out. But really, I don't think there's a dud in the bunch. So um, it should be a really good show. And as the last competition uh, that is happening this Eurovision season, yeah, it's going to be a good one to wrap up on. So uh, looking forward to that. Nice. So that was Saturday. Yeah. And there's still Sunday to go through. Like three more songs dropped. Three more songs. Uh, Uh, Greece and Stefania dropped Supergirl. I've watched the, the video for the song twice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited about this new Netflix series. I will definitely watch at least one and a half episodes of it before just getting tired of it. No, no you have to watch the first seven and then it you really have to watch the up, first seven so. and it really gets good. <laughs> I'm not in love with the song, but I'm in love with the potential that this performance could have. Like it, it's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of putting me in the same spot that uh, Belarus's entry last year, uh, like it 
put me in where it's just like, all right, it's just kind of a very basic pop song, but with a good stage performance, which I, I thought Belarus had. I know I'm kind of in the minority on that one, but I, I thought they earned their spot in the final last year. But yeah, like I, I think there's a lot of potential, particularly if they can pull like a Kate Miller Heideke type performance with the Supergirl framework. And like if, if they're able to do something impressive for the audience for the live audience i think this is going to do really well if they're just going to rely on camera angles and on-screen graphics i think it's it's going to flop i was joking about the netflix thing but this honestly this feels like like a freeform series like the Mm. song the song felt kind of junior to me oh yeah yeah like it like it felt very junior and i'm just not sure just looking at the field we have so far i'm it i agree with you that the the live performance is good it could do it. On the other hand, I think this has a lot of potential to flop. The thing is, Greece is in the second semifinal. Which oh yeah, that feels oh, like that helps more of a out, wild card. Like if yeah. they were in the first semifinal, I've been like, nope. The fact that this could be like up against like Samantatina and Iceland and Serbia, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Oh man, we really gotta get to take us for the second semifinal. Uh, <laughs> we, we, yes, I that have, is going I have, to be the. I have set up alerts show. on my phone for like the the resale market because I'm just like I I need to be doing the dance in the arena. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, because it's like oh no, some of these might not make it to Saturday, and then what will we do? So. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I tried to get into Romania because I was like, okay, cool. It's one artist. It's five songs. How long could this take? As it turns out, very long, mm-hmm. very long. <laughs> <laughs> which great for them i i'm glad that all of the songs are getting their full staging appeal on the other hand i was tired yeah and and i mean it, it's unusual for there to be eurovision stuff on a sunday anyway so it's just like kind of out out of the normal rhythm and i mean there's not a lot of variation between the five songs uh i mean which makes sense because it's the same artist performing all five songs the one that ended up winning uh for Roxen was uh alcohol you alcohol you when i'm drunk i do it cuz you're not around this pain's the only thing that i can refuse And it kind of felt like she was willing that one to win based on some of the other performances. I was only able to watch the first hour of the show. Uh, I I had Mm -hmm. an appointment on Sunday and Cherry Red, which seemed to be everybody's favorite, like it had the most streams on Spotify. The audience was chanting for it. Uh, Roxanne, she is the opposite of number one fan uh, of that song. Like it, it really seemed like she was just like, "Please don't make me sing this." Well, song. Yeah, let's see. So there was well, there was the first song of the night, and like I was like, "Oh, this is the Billie Eilish influence." And then there was the mm-hmm. performance for that one, which I which I caught online because I would swapped over to Serbia by then, mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh, now I see the, du- the Dua Lipa influence because she's not dancing; she's just standing there." Right. I need to sit down and listen to this one a few more times because by the time that she got around to performing Alcohol You, I had already switched over to Serbia. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure Romania is on the right track yet, but we'll see how I, I will see how I feel about this in a few weeks once I've had some actual digestion time. I well, first of all, it took me. A, I did not realize that Alcohol You was a pun. It took me until listening through the song for the third time. Yeah, yeah. At, in like the last thirty seconds ago, oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of one of my hangups where it's like, okay, 
English is my first language and I didn't pick up on the pun. I'm curious to see how that's going to work in a, like, where English is not the first language for a lot of folks. And then just, like, the lyrics, including, like, the phrase fake news. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah, that very... was it, my brain just immediately shut down. Yeah. Just yes. immediately shut down. Yeah. So if they're able to get a revamp done maybe like a lyrics pass or something in the next six days please try to fast track that but like i think like the actual singing on the track and like the the song structure works i'm just not sure if the content is 100 percent there but mm-hmm. it, it's a lot to digest so yeah and then serbia also happened and like again like my brain was just hitting eurovision breaking point of Overload, just like I, yeah. I i actively watched it Mm-hmm. I was like information was coming in, but was not being processed because because like all of a sudden I was I was like, oh, we're at the recap. Yeah. Well, didn't the show start with like an Italian disco number or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, we were doing like various various Serbian songs of years past. And there was like a fun Euro disco moment. We're like, yes, this is what I want. Like, why are why aren't more people doing Italo disco songs? Well, Ben, because it's not 1983. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not 1983 and we have better synthesizers now. I wasn't able to watch the final, but I was able to watch the semifinals. And there are a lot of jams in this year's field, which was kind of nice. Because, like, usually Serbia kind of does what Croatia does, where it can be very formal and very of a particular style. And it mm-hmm. seems like they were being much more pop-oriented this time around. Weirdly, I was kind of looking for that out of their selection. And maybe oh, really? I'm just Maybe I'm just, like, primed for, like, within the Balkans looking for mm. that because they're very good at it yes and and again like because again molitva was was one of their intervals I'm like this is a beautiful song yeah yeah uh, but instead we got we got hurricane and hasta la vista <laughs> There was a very Charlie's Angels vibe about this in that oh, yeah. they're spies, <laughs> but everyone knows that they're spies, but they're also pop stars. Uh, oh, I would so watch that show. Uh, oh, I would absolutely watch that show. <laughs> Wait, actually, isn't that Josie and the Pussycat? Wait, no, I yes. guess they weren't spies, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like this song is just so over the top and it, it's definitely going to like the pussycat dolls place and it's definitely standing out in this year's field like i really don't think that there's a song that kind of steps to this the way no that, no yeah. like it feels like what nations were sending like a decade ago like mm-hmm. i feel like there were more of these than and we just haven't had one in a while which is why it's so confusing yeah yeah because like ooh, was the last girl group ogene I feel there had to be between them. Oh, man. But yeah, just like I am still not sure if I like it, but it's definitely a thing that is happening. Yeah. I mean, it it has been stuck in my head all day. It has not been in mine, but like in fairness, my brain, like just to like one thing I forgot to mention with the UK is like, like the UK song is like very much in the wheelhouse of like what Spotify would serve up to me. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. to the point that like since Thursday, my brain is it has been every so often just popping up with if we were deep sea divers and it's mm. like, brain, not now. Yeah. Yeah. Brain, we uh, need to do a spreadsheet now. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's also the visas what spotify would serve up to me but <laughs> <laughs> I own my truth. Uh- yep. Yep. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, it, it's um, and it's certainly like fan favorite. Like Twitter's been rooting for this one for a while. Yes. So yes. Twitter, yeah, Twitter has wanted that one, so I'm very glad that we got multiple things that we wanted this weekend between that mm. and Think About Things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's going to be a party, so that that's something to look forward to. Yes, uh, uh, and speaking of a party to look forward to, uh, the news keeps dropping because earlier today, uh, Russia out of nowhere, and honestly, we should have been looking for this one, Mike. Uh, Ru- Russia has announced their act, and it's Little Big who is the first act this season where I've been like, oh, I know who that is, because they are a punk pop rave band who had the song Skibbity kind of go viral on YouTube last year, and apparently they have a follow-up song called I'm Okay that's doing very well with the TikTok, which I refuse to engage with. When the news came out about this, it was just like, I have no idea who these people are, but everybody else seemed to. I think this was just a meme that skipped past me or just was not in my circle. What's their story? If you... We're kind of afraid to get into Deontward because they were kind of spooky and I don't know, just kind of a little too too outre for you. Uh, uh-huh. Little big, little big is here, slightly slightly friendlier. Uh, sort of like what what would happen if you had Deontward mixed with LMFAO? I'd say. Okay, yeah. See, like I'm I am only familiar with Deontward with a video uh, that went around a few years ago of like mashed up with Teletubbies of okay. their song uh, I Think You're Freaky and okay. it's like oh this is very on brand for me but mm-hmm. okay. uh, I've not checked out the rest of their catalog but yeah like when I when I saw the uh, D'Antwoord connection it was like oh now it's starting to make sense I'm kind of happy that since Moldova is not going to be giving me the sort of wedding party brass that I love out of that region Mm-hmm. that it feels like Russia is stepping in to do this. And one thing that, that occurred to me when I saw this announcement is that I, on one hand, every nation's selection is its own beautiful thing uh, that happens in a bubble away from everybody else. Like people are not watching it, what other countries are serving up like we are. They're kind of doing these things in, in their own little hermetic chambers. Right. But I also wonder for the nations that are doing national selections and have money to throw around like Russia, mm-hmm. uh, if if they're like, well, we've got we've got like a the weird fun party band and we've got a male soloist because we see a lot of boys right now mm-hmm. uh, and we have like a female soloist just in case we want to set ourselves apart. Right. And like this weekend happened and they're like, well, uh, Serbia sending Hasta La Vista, Lithuania sent the Roop a few weeks ago. Iceland has a big fun party dance thing. We would like to get in on that, please. Yeah. And and push the big red button marked little big. Yeah. <laughs> the little big, big red button. There we go. Yes. <laughs> no word yet on when their song is dropping. Um, although I guess there was a snippet of it floating around. I don't know. Like it, with Russia, it's always just randomness. But just like speaking of TikTok, TikTok, Russia, TikTok. Yeah. Um, give us the song. Georgia is giving us the song. In fact, they're giving it to us uh, probably about an hour or so after we're done recording this yeah, episode. Yeah, hour, hour and a half. So, so Yeah. And we, we get the fun European experience of going, please, Georgia, it's a school night. That will be live by the time this episode goes up. Uh, also, uh, Israel is having their uh, song selection contest on Tuesday. There are four songs that uh, Eden will be uh, performing, and uh, it's a combination, I believe it's a combination of audience and jury vote uh, on those four tracks. And yeah, whichever one of those wins will be Israel's uh, song for Eurovision. And that will be known by the time this episode goes live. So we will be talking about mm-hmm. that in next week's episode. Yes. Uh, and then just looking ahead to the week ahead. Uh, Wednesday, we are getting drops from Netherlands and Switzerland. Uh, Thursday, we are finally getting to hear uh, Austria's Alive. 
and then Ireland is debuting their act and song. Friday, anything can happen, but nothing mm-hmm. is scheduled. Yes. Saturday, uh, Bulgaria is releasing their song. Denmark is having their selection. Finland is having their selection. Sweden is having their selection. Portugal is having their selection. Everybody is having their selection. Yay! Sunday, again, anything goes. One song, seven songs somehow, who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Revamps of all 41 entries. <laughs> Since I probably should la- joke Since about it's that. his last yeah. year, Jan Olesson has decided that Lithuania can send three entries. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Because nothing matters anymore. Yeah. Oh, which three, though? Oh, my heart is already breaking. Uh. Yep. Um, yeah. And then finally, uh, alligator. Monday, uh. every, everybody's homework is due. Yes. By Monday, we will have heard Cyprus's song. We will have heard Malta's song. We will have heard North Macedonia's song, You. And San Marino will presumably have told us that the robots from a couple years ago will be representing their nation. Mm. I'm so excited for them. They worked so hard at holding the sign two years ago. <laughs> you really hated those robots. <laughs> Give us Valentina San Marino. It's what the people demand. Oh, Valentina Surhat collab would be awesome. Oh, that would. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's in the cards for us, but. With, uh, with our luck, we will get we will not get Valentina. We will, we will get her duet partner from the last time she was there. Hey, he's alone. from Detroit, so... He's from uh, Detroit, but yeah, we, we a need that Marinese person wrote so. his song, so it counts. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of craziness this past week. A lot of craziness coming up. I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thank you for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter and Instagram at eurowhat. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and topics we should talk about in future episodes. You can subscribe to the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist inspired by this episode. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. <laughs>